Using a mist of synthetic sweat, the corrosion test exposes strings to elements mimicking a human finger. Over time, excess remains strong, while other strings corrode and become damaged. Testing complete. I'm John Bolger. I'm with, I'm with Mike Harris. We are at the, is it Heartland Studio? Heartland. Heartland, Heartland Studios. Which is Old Crow Medicine Show's studio, where you just cut, you cut the, your last two records here, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, the first of which just came out. It's called Paint This Town. Which? It's right behind me, right here. On vinyl, <laughs> the only format that's still growing. I know, that's right. <laughs> yeah, we made that record uh, in March of 2021 in here. We had just kind of formed this new lineup, and uh, we had a lot of fun doing it, right in this very room. Very cool. And you were playing, like, that is the, the that is the, the uh, paint the sound you were playing, right? Yeah, I was just yeah. kind of playing, you know, a bit of a theme. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah, but the main hook from that song, the titular track, on this guitar, this is a 2012 R7. Yeah, oh cool. It's uh, a little bit different. Uh, it's got a mahogany cap instead of a maple really? cap. Wow. And it does sound a little bit different. Oh. I've got another uh, R9 over here with the same exact pickups in it as this guitar, but this one is noticeably darker because of that top. Wow. And obviously it's got this big contraption yeah, on the back okay. end of tell it. Yeah, okay, tell me about that. This is a Bigsby Palm pedal, and you can see the footprint here looks pretty familiar it's like the b5 sure. vibrato but as i understand it boomer castleman made this design for bigsby in 1968 and guys like um i think johnny caps used this on the opry um jody payne who played with willie nelson had a very similar setup oh. that was made by shot jackson but the idea is the same but those guys kind of did it with fretted left hand playing and i really only use this with slide and this is in an open tuning this is in open e e b e g sharp b e and the g string g sharp bends up a half step b yeah. bends up a whole step so you're going like pedal steel exactly yeah, yeah. kind of the far you're, left two pedals on a you're steel you're all e9 and <laughs> yeah that's yeah that's great yeah that's cool so intonation pops right back <laughs> For the most part, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 it definitely does. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's adorable. No, yeah. uh, you know, it's it's not a perfect science. Yeah, yeah. At all, and yeah. uh, we use a lot of the like nut lubricant and uh, put it on the saddles as well. And if that wasn't terrible enough, I had to put it on a Dobro as well, which is a whole other perfect can of worms. Perfect. I'm really interested in that mahogany top because I've never. I know that at one point. Gibson was making some, some customs. I think originally the custom was a mahogany hot top, and they went to the yeah. Maple. And I, the way that I was told was like back, you know, in the golden era. Yeah. Just every now and then. Yeah, like what they know, had. Yeah. Whatever was laying around. I think that kind of got thrown it. on there, and that was the idea when they made a run of these yeah. with mahogany cap. I think they made 25 of them in 2012. Oh, this how is one cool. of them. 
So um, everything else stock? No, these are uh, Seymour Duncan Pearly Gates pickups. Oh, cool. And I was saying, it's, I've got the same thing in this lovely R9 right here. This is one of the Billy Gibbons Pearly Gates Oh, cool. R9s. And well, you know, we just have to look at that. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. We just, because we'll just touch on this. Mr. Murphy knows how to do that. Oh, top. wow, man. Golly. Yeah, it's sharp, man. This one's in open G tuning right now um, for a couple of songs that we've been doing on the road. Wow, fabulous. Yeah. So uh, Murphy Lab did uh, tweak this one. Yeah. And it's also got the, the pearly, uh, gates. pearly Gates. Yeah, the Seymour Duncan. Boy, that They're really... pretty high output. Yeah. Um, but I like it. God, man, I like it a lot. The grain looks 3D, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's really nice. Wow. Okay, I love both of these. Thanks, man. Yeah. Okay, well, that is very cool. That's, Mike, that's a cool start. <laughs> Let's see it's some more stuff. from here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love those Les Pauls, though. That's great. Sure, man. Um, this is a fun guitar to talk about. This is a 68 Telecaster. This has got oh, a Lawler pickup in the neck, and this is an original bridge pickup. It's been rewound. Um, really nice look to it. Oh, yeah. I have a, I'm really lucky in my life, John. I got a lot of great friends that play guitars, and this was actually a, a wedding gift. Oh, to really? me, Sheesh. my wife doesn't get to benefit from this yeah. one as much. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah um, that's, that's great. <laughs> it's got all the twang in it. Got that Meg, one Meg cap. I love hey, that one a lot. Try the neck pickup. I just absolutely. I think it's great. <laughs> with these is it kind of gougy on your palm oh i mean it, you know how it is with old <laughs> guitars you just kind of learn to play with they're them. a little gougy you're you yeah. know you're not playing on them you're playing with them yeah they, they for sure are and i don't know if these are original saddles they i'm pretty sure that they would have had grooved saddles um i have a friend uh, that has one of these and his has grooved saddles yeah I, I had a 67 and it was like that oh but, okay yeah but i don't know again they're all kind of who knows? Yeah, man. But I think that's why they put the the ashtray over it because they were so gougy. Some of them. Yeah, and the ashtray was less <laughs> obtrusive than that. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, oh, man. Right. Okay, fabulous. Love it. We can keep right, going. Oh, like, yeah, let's keep this party going. <laughs> let's keep this show and tell happening. This is fun. This is a 64 Jaguar. Oh, how great. Yeah, man. 
this one's got a nice story to it. Um, yeah, I know. I, uh, I played with a guy, a notable offset guitar player by the name of Chris Stapleton. And I was on tour with him and we had uh, one of those days where you kind of go off and go on an adventure and we went yeah. to a guitar store and outside of Tampa. I'd love to get the name of it if I can think about it. I feel like it was like Jimmy's Vintage Guitars or it was somebody in Auburndale. In, somebody somebody in knows what I'm talking about. In the comments section, put that in there. Actually, somebody, I'm, now I'm totally regretting even mentioning this story because maybe we need to bleep out the name entirely and the location because it was an amazing store oh, yeah, yeah, a honey right. hole if you will keep it to yourself yeah no man this was hanging up in the store that day and we kind of gone shopping it was towards the end of the tour that we were doing and chris saw me playing this one and threw it in the pile and gave it to me at the end of the day and oh he's a real sweetheart of a dude for that Jeez, man. yeah man boy i, I mean take away that from that is Hang out with Chris Stapleton. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. He's a good dude. Yeah. No, nah, man, this is a very fun guitar. I was very, you know, feel like a very lucky guy, like I said, to have so many nice friends. And, oh, that's great. Um, nothing like a pre-CBS guitar. Oh, you so know, great. Original pickups, replaced tuners, replaced bridge. Um, I know we had to replace a very technical part in here called the collet that holds the trim in place but other than that pretty original i kind of like the strip finish look yeah as well, well. You know, isn't it funny how they they came out with all those crazy finishes and so many of them in the 70s you know were stripped down i know were like there's no telling what color this one was i yeah. you know i think i saw like some yellow under the pit guard yeah. one time but whatever it's cool looks right great now, now. Man. yeah love it yeah man this this one doesn't really travel this one stays at home sure um but it's a great studio tool. Yeah, yeah. I love the neck pickup the most. I'm not really a wiggle stick guy most of the time, but this one stays in. This is kind of my yeah my, my vibrato guitar. Yeah, yeah, man, that's great. Okay, love it. There's not a there's not a turd in the pile. They're all great. Oh man, <laughs> highly curated, John. Yeah. Highly curated. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is another guitar guitar with a fun story. I think this is mid '60s. This is a Harmony Meteor, and uh, I come from a very musical family. Um, my dad is a bluegrass mandolin player, guitar player. Oh, cool. So where were um, you raised? Yeah, kind of all over central North Carolina. Okay. Lake Norman area, yeah. um, just north of Charlotte. But this is, uh, yeah, it's an old Harmony Meteor, and this belonged to my great-uncle Howard. Oh, He was a great. mountain musician, but he felt the call of the devil's music to play some <laughs> electric guitar yeah. from time to time. And uh, they said that he would play this one for an hour and then polish on it for two. And I think it's pretty uh, pretty evident, pretty flawless guitar. And I keep flat wounds oh, on this great. one, you know. Um, I love this thing, man.
Okay, so it's flat cool, wounds on this, and what strings are you running in general? Diderio, I'm kind of like a yeah. lifer with oh, them, yeah. and they've sure, been very great. kind to the band. Thank you, Diderio. Yeah. And Diderio cables kind of all the way throughout. Um, Slide? What? Uh... Not Diderio. Not Diderio. Okay. <laughs> this is actually this is a Derek Truck signature slide. Oh, okay. I was Dunlop, playing right? just yeah, I was playing just like the Dunlop Blues bottles. Yeah. And a uh, wonderful guitar player in town by the name of Adam Meisterhands, a good buddy of mine. We were having like a guitar pull hang the other day, and uh, he was like, you got to try the Derek slide. <laughs> I brought one. Try it. It's better than the blues bottle. And I was like, there's no way, man. They're made in the same place, but it, it's a little bit warmer. It's a little bit nicer, a little bit closer to, you know, that old school glass sound. Yeah. And uh, I like it a lot. That's kind of become the main one. Okay. Yeah, man. So DDL for almost everything. Almost everything. Almost everything. <laughs> Wonderful people. Hey, show us one more cool guitar or Absolutely. whatever. Absolutely. What, um, well, then we'll get into acoustics and stuff like that. Oh, but okay. Wanna, but you have a couple more cool electrics. Yeah, absolutely. Where Dealer's choice, whatever you like. Okay. Well, um, I would talk about this one. The baritone that's over here is quick and easy. I would just say, if you're a guitar player, buy a baritone. You can get them for <laughs> yeah. 300 bucks. And guess what? Yeah. I have played that on almost like every record I've made in the past five or six years. Oh, then we got a shit. Well, yeah, maybe we, got we do. After all that. It's, it's a very simple guitar. Yeah, man. It's a Dan that. Electro made in Korea um, baritone. And I don't really travel with it, but it's just the best studio tool. Yeah. You spend more than 300 bucks on pedals, guys. I know you do. <laughs> yeah. Spend 300 bucks on an old Dan Electro baritone. If you can afford it, get a Jerry Jones. Yeah. Those are hard to find out. Okay, well good. That was worth talking about. It was, you're right, yeah. Well, you, you can find them all day long for like $300. Yeah, yeah. This is, uh, this is a Fender Master Built guitar. Oh, cool. It's made by uh, Greg Fessler. This is kind of like 62 specs. Yeah. And uh, I changed out the saddles on here. I, um, this was actually another gift guitar by my cool. friend Dave Cobb. Oh, yeah. Dave gave this to me a few what years a back. Guy. I was playing with uh, my friend Brent Cobb, Dave's distant cousin, and uh, Dave gifted me this guitar when I started playing with him. Yeah. It's been a great guitar. Yeah. This is kind fabulous. of becoming the new main travel telly on the road with sure. Old Crow. Um, I love traveling with the 68. The 68 doesn't love traveling with me as much. Yeah, a little bit of a liability. Yeah. Too. Yeah, and it just, the setup seems to kind of jump around a little bit, and um, I just would rather have a little bit more stability, and these newer guitars seem to have it. Yeah. But it's a great guitar. Stock pickups, rosewood board. Never had a rosewood board telly before this one, really? and I love it. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, man. Well, let's just do a quick taste test. Sure. Let's see. Uh, we, we heard the other one. Now we're going to compare the vintage with the... It's got Glendale saddles on there. This one also, this had groove saddles on it before, but I seem to vibe more with the 
smooth saddles. Yeah. Brass saddles. Yeah. With that, yeah, and it, and it matches the paint. Sure yeah. enough. Okay, that's, that's great. Now let's talk about, you've got, okay, you've got mandolins, you've got banjos, you've got dobros, yeah. you've got acoustics. It's not okay to play only one thing in this band, no, I can tell you that much. No, let's hear some of this stuff. We've got to play a lot of stuff in this band. Um, I would talk about this Collings mandolin first. Yeah, sure. And this is an instrument that um, I'm lucky enough to get to play on stage, but kind of everybody plays this on stage. That's we're, cool. We're, when I joined this band, uh, Catch Secor told me, you know, in this band, we kind of have a principle that is uh, from song to song, we pass left. All right. Like if you can play banjo on this song, you're probably not going to play it on the next song. <laughs> so some of these instruments get uh, shared between oh, everybody. This is one of them. This is a lovely instrument. It's a Collings MF. It's just satin finish F style mandolin. But, uh, you know, we're talking about these modern instruments that travel better than older ones. And oh, yeah. this totally lives up to that. We've loved having this one out. I'm not sure which pickup's in here. I think we have a K and K pickup um, in this, but I don't want to get that wrong. It's either that or a Fishman. So when you're passing instruments, how does that work in your mix? I mean, are you, I mean, if, if like... John, I mean, it, it only it only works because we have the best crew on the road. All right, okay. Front great. of house, Jojo Kobalecki, yeah. our monitors engineer, Pete Parenteau, yeah. our stage manager, Tyler Nichols, like, our tour manager, Caitlin Smith, yeah. our lighting engineer, James Leach. Yeah. We only get by because of those guys. And That's Pete great. really handles that in our years. You know, and we we do a big tech day at the beginning of oh. every year. And it's it's arduous, but it's worth the work God, because you need the consistency. Right, because I mean, like busking, hand them over, no problem. But like yeah, when you're right. talking like an in-ear mix in front of house, totally. it, it can be a... And I imagine you play way differently than your bandmates. Absolutely. But, you know, we just, we work with what we have. Yeah, yeah. Not everything is going to be totally perfect all the time. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, we're able to go song to song. We know who's going to play what on which. Yeah. And, uh, that's cool. I love that. I probably have the mandolin a little bit hotter in my mix on the songs that I play on. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Turn him down. <laughs> As you can tell, I'm a, I'm a great mandolin. <laughs> is, that, is that great to me? In a couple of years, though, that will sound like a vintage instrument. A few years of Absolutely, man. And, I, you know, I've crossed paths with some that have already been down the road for a few years, and they totally open up, and this one's on its way. Yeah. We like it a lot. Oh, Thank you, Collins. Fabulous. And now for something totally different, John. This is a 1960 D28. This oh, is a Martin. Fabulous. Big box, big Brazilian rosewood, back and sides. Wow. Really pretty, and it sounds really pretty. This uh, guitar I've been lucky enough to kind of caretake for a few years. It was a reverb find. Oh, really? Actually, yeah. See, I thought it was going to be like, well, you know, growing up playing bluegrass. Well, so. yeah, right. <laughs> I, no, I, I grew up listening to bluegrass, but I didn't really start, like, going to school on bluegrass until I was uh, up here in Nashville and studying a lot of different guitar stuff. And, yeah. you know, I'd, I've been lucky enough because my dad uh, took me to so many bluegrass festivals growing up. Thank you, Pops. Yeah. Uh, he, I, I saw Tony Rice multiple times oh, wow. as a kid and as an adult. But, uh, you know, I was a huge fan, but never, you know, flat sure. picking is its own discipline. Oh, God. It's so humbling. Yeah. You think you know how to, like, 
play guitar or whatever and then you get into it and it's this whole other thing yeah um i have the greatest respect for people like mason by in our band he's a wonderful flat picker molly tuttle who's yeah. played on our records and comes oh, out really? and plays with us oh, cool. uh you know obviously she's going to go down as like one of the greatest of all time yeah. um but uh, here I am with this awesome bluegrass box <laughs> that I don't really know how to do anything with, but I love it, man. I think it sounds really great. It's one of those guitars, like, I literally met this guy in the Bowling Green, Kentucky, like, truck stop parking lot. Yeah. He had the case out on his tailgate, and I hit one G chord, and I was like, yeah, sold. It looked like either a, it looked like a guitar deal or a drug deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's really special and Mason played this one all over paint this town oh cool the new record I think this was kind of our main acoustic box on that one I didn't play I played acoustic on a few songs and I'm sure I played this one but this one he he really favored a lot yeah, I can see why wait what picks do you use I I'm kind of uh, you know situation depending on you can probably see on my little table yeah. over here there's a few of them this is a blue chip in my okay. hand and I do have like you know, the real tortoiseshell stuff at home Yeah, that stays in the home studio. Also, uh, Charlie Warsham is my new worst friend in the world for getting me turned on to, like, vintage Fender celluloid oh, really? picks. Yeah, it's a whole dumb thing. But uh, <laughs> yeah. thanks a lot, Charlie. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, like, I like Fender medium triangles a lot. There's something about, like, the flappy pick thing, yeah. you know. Uh, it's kind of like Keith Richards' yeah. rhythm. On records it's different than the blue chip thing yeah. blue chip perfect for flat picking yeah this is more of the rhythm thing and then for like electric I like these um, I think these are called Dunlop flow picks they're kind of pointy sure. yeah prime yeah. tones as well those are great yeah there's just so many options now right I know God. and I can't I can't settle on one yeah. so I just kind of <laughs> song to song whatever feels right yeah that's oh, good way to go. okay that Martin's fat yeah that's I love it love it Let's talk about what a great world-class banjo player I am, John. Yeah, let's, let's look at this banjo. Every rig rundown's favorite part of the video, oh, the banjo section. No, man, I, I love the banjo as an instrument. Actually, before I played guitar, you know, growing up in a bluegrass household, this was the instrument I wanted to play the most. But over time, I've come to find out that I am, uh, I don't feel like I'm smart enough for this instrument. Uh, but it's, it, yeah, man, I, um, the lovely people at Deering sent this over to us. This is a Sierra model. And uh, Jamie Deering, Jamie Laddie, some of our friends over there would call it their uh, workhorse instrument. And it really does a great job for us on the road because uh, like we've been talking about, there's this whole pass left mentality on yeah. stage. So I'm playing uh, picks on my hand, roll style, scrug style banjo, yeah. but the other guys are playing claw hammer. And this one does it all for us, God, which is, you know, it's it's one in a million. So and yeah, so there's always banjo on. It seems like that's almost always going. Yeah, banjo and fiddle. It's yeah. it's part of the whole backbone backbone of the sound of this band. Um, when I joined 
catch Corey Morgan, you know, they were so open to me coming into this primarily as an electric guitar player, but they, you know, they told me, listen, the banjo and the fiddle, that is, you know, that is the backbone. That right. is everything that runs through the DNA of the sound. And I have a huge reverence for that, you know, and I want to preserve that as well. And by happenstance, I had like in the six weeks or so before I got the call to join this band and audition and make records and travel with them, I had started learning banjo. Uh, lovely friend of mine, Winston Marshall, formerly of the band Mumford and Sons, had gifted me one of his signature model banjos. Such a nice guy. And God, that's so yeah, man. I I can express nothing but uh graciousness and humility for uh how lucky I've been to have so many good friends like that guy and um you know, it was such a nice gift. Oh, and, and it um, was like your destiny. You're made to be I this know, band. I know, man. It's like one of those things. Yeah, and I just started like kind of figuring out some Scruggs style stuff and um, was able to tell those guys when I got the call, yeah, I can play banjo. <laughs> uh, which is still only kind of true. Yeah. But, um, you know, I've, I've got a few moves, but... Yeah. <laughs> That's great, man. That's great. So it's we, a little bit out of tune, but I think it's close enough for bluegrass rock and roll. Oh right? yeah. Is there no? Is there a pickup in that? You know, uh, there's not. We employ some uh, microphones inside these banjos that we use, and then that goes to a wireless pack. Okay. I'd love to tell you what the microphone is, but I don't know. Yeah. Doesn't matter. <laughs> well, <laughs> doesn't matter. It's just stuff. Yeah, but it yeah, it sounds great. Great instrument. Okay, now when I came in, you had this Dobro. That's oh, the one I right. really, yeah, man. That's the one I'm really looking forward to. That weirdo. It is a weirdo, uh, and it's you know I even like balk at calling it a proper Dobro because I know some of the bluegrass heads out there will be like, that's not you're not playing that like Jerry Douglas would play that. You're and playing you, that like a. Isn't that weird how some bluegrassers are so unforgiving? Well, I don't even. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna even put bluegrassers only in that box. You know, it's just anybody, rock and rollers yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Man, this is a gold tone Paul Beard signature model resonator guitar. It's a spider cone resonator. Most of the time, when you see somebody pick up a round neck uh, resonator guitar like this one, it's probably a biscuit cone, kind yeah. of the national sound. But I do love the more traditional bluegrass Jerry Douglas style uh, sound of resonator. And this one kind of gets me closer to that. That's uh, very greatly aided by the fact that I use the Fishman Nashville pickup that Jerry uses as well as Jerry Douglas's signature Fishman Aura pedal right. when we're live. And even on the uh, second record that we made uh, last year that is coming out sometime in the near future, I had this set up with me by that point and uh, we liked the direct signal so much that we mic'd it as well as took that oh. Aura signal because it's so good. Well, that's great. That's a ringing endorsement. Um, but yeah, I've got the uh, Bigsby Palm pedal set up on this as well. And you were talking, we were talking about it on the Gold Top earlier. Not a perfect science, and it's even <laughs> more imperfect on a Dobro setup. I talked to my friend, actually the guy that I originally saw employing this kind of technique, uh, Scotty Murray, um, is also a Dobro player. And he had it set up on an SG, 
when I first saw it and I was intrigued by the way he played it. But when I talked to him about putting it on a dobro, he was like, I don't know, man. You know, <laughs> it's going to be so out of tune. And listen, it's not perfect, but it does some cool things, you know. Uh, it's like um, the Franklin Pettibro. Yeah. You familiar with sure. that? Sure, yeah, yes. Not a, not a whole lot of them out there. And uh, it kind of gets close to that sound. Oh, cool. But... interesting thing man yeah i, I love it, it. i'm ha I, I mean i'm still learning how to play it really yeah. it's awkward playing with the finger picks and then trying to do this and do this and i'm sure you can hear in the little 10 second clip i gave you oh. I'm, st I'm still figuring it out guys but sounds fabulous somebody yeah. else has this setup talk to me about it man yeah my friend great. uh my friend dave johnson at scale model guitars helped me kind of make this as copacetic as it can be this is a little different tailpiece than what we have on the gold top. This is the BP-12 Bigsby Palm pedal. It's got that longer yeah. kind of bass on it. And we decided that this was best for this application. And oh. um, yeah, man. Love it. Nice party trick. Yeah. Um, who does your straps? Oh, man. Really cool. I'm so glad you asked. I love these straps as well. My good buddy Alex Alcocer made these straps. Alex is uh, Chris Stapleton's touring guitar tech. Oh, really? And uh, yeah, man, he makes these straps. If you can find them, he'd, he'd love to make you one. God, those will last forever. I, I know, man. Yeah. That's kind of the idea. And he, I think, I don't want to overpromise, but I think he does tell you lifetime warranty on them if yeah. you ever need some stitching or anything done on them. It's a worthy investment. Thanks, oh, that's Alex. That's great. Okay, so we've covered electrics, acoustics. Let's talk about amps. Maybe grab a something sure, you can man. plug in, and let's talk about these pedals and amps. Sure. Okay, Mike, you've got the uh, the tone hinge, uh, <laughs> uh, all the uh, the stack of uh, stack of it's, amps back yeah, here. Yeah, man. Uh, a little bit overcompensating, maybe. Okay. <laughs> No, but these are all like studio tools, but these are your tools. Yeah, uh, tour yeah. Tools, right? I mean, the studio tools would be like, you know, the more vintage stuff that just, you know, we don't really want to hurt them. Uh, that Tweed amp right there, that's like an amazing 56 Tweed Deluxe that Ooh. has been on like every record I've ever made for the past 10 years. How cool. This Silverface Reverb has been on loan to the band, and I like to use this one as a... Uh, you know try to coax that really steel sound out of the gold top with the benders sure the silver tone is just diamond you know <laughs> yeah total fuzzy you know like the jack white sound that belongs to corey Yance, our uh, esteemed keyboardist multi-instrumentalist um but yeah these are the the tour workhorse amps right here what we've got mic'd up is the magnetone 210 panoramic stereo amp my first stereo amp um the lovely folks at Magnetone sent this to me last year, and I, I've really been enjoying it. It's uh, the first time I've really toured a lot with 10-inch speakers in an amp, and uh, I replaced the stock ones with uh, Eminence Legend 10-inch speakers. Um, 
Also kind of my first foray into like calling an EL84 amp like the main thing. Yeah. Kind of always been on the Fenders and 6V6s, 6L6s, but just kind of switching it up for a minute. And I really love the stereo vibrato on here. And we're, uh, we're getting uh, a lovely signal path from the folks at SE that have been very kind to Old Crow Medicine Show. We've got the uh, V7X dynamic mic and the... Um, VR2 ribbon mic. Oh, that's great. So, but the question that I'm wondering about is if it's that stereo tremolo is so great, but are you only getting, are you, do you when you mic it like that, are you not getting the other speaker or, or totally, does it matter? Totally great question. And listen, when I, when I start booking some gigs with my jazz combo trio, <laughs> we'll have plenty of uh, width in the mix. Yeah. But when, uh, when electric guitar is up there with fiddle and banjo and acoustic guitar and upright bass and yeah. drums and keys, yeah, this is, this is getting the job done for us. Yeah, yeah. I, I, don't get me wrong. When I first got it, I went to our front of house engineer Jojo, monitors engineer Pete. I was like, guys, like <laughs> stereo. And uh, they're like, mm, maybe not. But this, this, is, this has been a great workhorse amp as well as this amp right here. This is the Stapleton, Chris Stapleton uh, signature model Princeton amp. This, With a 12 in it, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it has like, you know, Chris has his proprietary uh, speaker that comes in this one. And I do like that speaker a lot, but I actually replaced it with the uh, Eminence Alessandro GA64 12 inch speaker in that one. That one's so new, that speaker, it's barely even broken in on this one, but it's just kind of like, um, it's nice to have both amps on the road. You sure. know, sometimes we get to a place, maybe the magnetone's too loud. Maybe we want to go to the Princeton vibe, but uh, you know, these amps have worked so hard for me. This Princeton actually came off of the uh, the Stapleton rig from back when I was playing with those fellas. And uh, yeah, served me well. That one's definitely on the Paint This Town record as well. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Okay, so those are the main road amps. Then let's segue into your you're pretty modest board, really. Oh man, uh, it feels like a spaceship to me, yeah. to be honest. I know it's not like as big as some of the other guys. I, <laughs> but you know, like I think you can tell pretty quickly uh, from uh, taking a look at this board, like anything with more than uh, you know three or four knobs or a USB cable input is just above my pay grade. Yeah, uh, I think I'm just behind the curve of guys that understand how to use stuff like that. So it's all you know pretty analogy simple for the most part. Uh, it the board starts and ends with uh, an XTS interface. Did those guys put put it together? Actually, no. Um, I spread the spread the love around town to all my buddies. So Barry at XTS, great friend of me. You know, please go see those guys. They have tons of solutions for problems you didn't even know you had. Yeah. And that interface is one of them. It's uh, it's set up in case I want to do like something I like to do sometimes is have an amp that has pedals, you know, and then have an amp that is receiving no pedals. Sure. You know, kind of a wet dry. Yeah. And uh, I can do that with this interface really easily, but it's not set up for that right now. We just got the one amp on. Um, from there it goes to the uh, pedal titled the Fancy Boy. <laughs> Yeah. Kind of. What the, is uh, the what is the fancy boy? Yeah. So glad you asked. Uh, it is. It was given that moniker by my friend Evan Bird, 
uh, formerly of the band Diarrhea Planet. Oh, yeah. Full-on guitar assault band. Greatest. Greatest, uh, greatest band greatest. name ever. Uh, greatest band ever. And, uh, yeah, man, honestly, it's a clone clone. It's an early one. Uh, my friend Brett Moore, who uh, plays guitar in the Wild Feathers, found this pedal on the gear page back in the day, and he used it for a while, and then I caught him on a good day, and he sold it to me. That was probably like 14 years ago, and it's been on almost every board I've had since. Yeah. It's kind of an always-on pedal during the show, um, that classic kind of clon configuration gain basically off volume around noon tone around noon and it does that thing really well it's nice to have it in such a small footprint there's obviously other options out there i have the archer as well and i love that pedal oh, yeah yeah that's great this one's just on this board for now from there it goes to the origin effects cali 76 compact i'd love to be good enough to understand how to make the extra three knobs on the deluxe model work to my advantage yeah. but uh <laughs> I, I think the simplicity is better um on this one sure and that comes into play really only with the gold top with the slide i turned that on you know kind of the mentality there was like added sustain right not not quite the full-blown like Lil george like the stacked sound but yeah just endless sustain and when the the fancy boy is hitting the cali it, it's a really nice clean sound and i you know i'm just trying to carve out this like it's a les paul but it's also an emmons pedal steel yeah sound with it which and really I'll, sounds i mean that's a that's a really good description of it and it's interesting you're running the fancy boy in front of the uh, yeah and i what's happening is then i'm tempering that with this schnobel tone uh, modded Ernie Ball VP Junior with the TC Electronic tuner built into it. What, you know. what was the mod? What do they do to it? Well, they add that tuner right in the middle of it for, <laughs> for one, and also you know, uh, it's it's he does buffers if you want them. I can't remember. If this one's got buffers. I bought yeah. this off of my friend, local guitarist extraordinaire Gideon Boley, uh, but something great that it does have is that lifetime string in it right oh, oh man because i mean oh, i yeah. love ernie ball volume pedals i you know it's workhorse you know yeah, it's yeah. kind of a through line of everything that i employ on the road yeah. but at some point yeah my ernie balls would go down from time to time and i was always yeah. traveling with a backup um but knock on wood lifetime string in this one's really held up i've i've toured that one and used it in the studio pretty hard for the past three years and that's been great. Um, from the Cali, we go into the Walrus Audio 385, um, which kind of does the Bell and Howell Filmo sound, Austin Hooks amp sound. Austin, I love you. I want one of those amps. <laughs> uh, but this, this gets me uh, kind of close, and that's kind of my highest gain sound for some rockers you know sure
Yeah, man. Love it. Okay. What's next in this uh, <laughs> in line? The next one uh, is, uh, it's called a Demon FX King of Drive. Mr. Mike it looks Para, familiar. we don't, yeah, it looks, yeah, it looks familiar. Uh, Mr. Mike Para, I owe you an apology. This is, uh, it's a King of Tone ripoff, but I promise I'm on the list. I'm anxiously awaiting for my name to come up on a King of Tone. But basically, as soon as I found out that I liked a King of Tone, I, uh, you, you couldn't wait. Yeah, I couldn't <laughs> wait. So this is, this is a bit of a placeholder, but I, yeah. I think it sounds great, man. This is kind of, um, I'm really only using the left side of it right now. And it's kind of like a, a boost. Yeah. Uh, but also, I will turn that on with the clone clone for our, like, you know, more rocking slide sound. Yeah, let's hear a little bit of that. Yeah, thing. sure. Why not? <laughs> Let me come up with, like, three other licks that I haven't <laughs> played yet, guys. Like... <laughs> I really like that. I yeah, really, you know, that sounds a, familiar too. Yeah, yeah, that's a great, that's a great, uh, great drive. And when you get the other one, you can use both sides. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> oh, okay. More bang for the buck. Yeah. So what's uh, what's next? Next would be the micropod. Well, after we've kind of talked about the Schnobel tone volume pedal yeah. already, but after that, we get kind of into the more modulation and time-based effects side of everything. Sure. Micropog just kind of have the octave up sound turned up a little bit, and here again, just to kind of promote uh, harmonics when I'm doing the kind of pedal steel sound. Kind of yeah. stole that trick from my good buddy, Paul Franklin. Uh, He's so good, man. Yeah, when he I saw, so well, good. yeah, that's an understatement, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> The I saw him using the micropog and I was like, ooh. Really? Yeah. Funny, I hope I'm, I didn't give away a secret. Yeah, Paul, I'm sorry if yeah. I'm talking out of school. Yeah, uh, that's, that's interesting because whenever I see him, it looks like he's got hardly anything out there. But, yeah. I just, think he's got some stuff. Yeah, he's maybe, got some stuff. maybe it's just studio stuff. Yeah, but yeah I don't who know. knows. But yeah, amazing. Okay. Yeah, man, that's, that's just for the steel thing. Sure. I've got the uh, Moog MF delay. Oh, cool. Great, great analog delay pedal. Um, no modulation on this one, but the drive, man, if you are ever building like a small board and you need a pedal to kind of cover two bases, that drive knob on there has a ton of headroom. Oh, I remember so, that. Yeah, I yeah. reviewed it and I, I remember that. Yeah, that's cool. I think it's great. Um, that's, uh, yeah, it's just kind of set up as a simple slap bag. I'm not really using the, the headroom on it, but, you know, kind of a yeah. close... You can hear it. It's right yeah. behind there. Just like one hit and just to thicken it up. Right. And when well, I've played telling, in like kind that, of like smaller uh, smaller outfits before, I, I, I love leaving slap back on and oh, just kind of give it some width. Love it. But yeah, with the telly, it's, it's oh, got the, man, that's that, that thing. sound. Yeah, man. Okay. Love that pedal. Um, this is my, this is the vibrato and reverb pedal for the magnetone. And man, we were talking about it earlier, but that vibrato oh so great
Yeah, man. Yeah. So lush. Yeah. Yeah. Love that sound. Okay. Uh, then it looks like the Phase 90, the Mini. Yeah, yeah, the Phase 95, oh, the as 95. it were. I wonder uh, what the difference is. I, I, wonder no more, John. <laughs> I'm here for you. Uh, I'm a huge Phase 90 fan. I was playing, yeah. uh, you know, as soon as I started playing a lot of country music, uh, well, uh, yeah, when I started playing with my pal Brent Cobb, yeah. uh, touring on his record Shine on Rainy Day, where Dave Cobb played all the guitar on that record, and he uses a Phase 90 on it, and I just fell in love with that sound. And yeah. so ever since then, every board I've ever put together has got a Phase 90 of sorts. I still love the most basic Phase 90 that you can get. Oh. Block font, you don't have to get the script or yeah. anything. It's still wonderful. This one just gives me a couple more colors inside an even smaller footprint. So you get the 90 or the 45 sound, which I think four, four stage phase or two stage. And, yeah, right. Yeah. And then the, the script, which I think kind of takes out the feedback oscillator, whatever, you know, yeah. sound like Bill Nye the science guy all of a sudden. Uh, it, it just kind of cleans it up, I think, when you do the script. But I leave the Phase 95 in the most basic, like, block font 90 sure. version because I kind of like the added thing. Oh, yeah. I'll, you know what? I'll pick up a telly. Let's do, like, kind oh, of yeah, a, yeah. a telly phase sound with that. Yeah, that's my favorite go-to weirdo pedal, that uh, Phase 90, or the whatever variety this is. With the slap. Um. kind of wailing yeah it is yeah it's especially totally when wailing. you get into that like take it all the way oh, down yeah. if you get it in tune <laughs> wailing is never in tune <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah, man. Great. I like that one a lot. I, I also will pull out a small stone as well. Yeah. They're they're kind of close. It's just kind of how do you feel that day when you're building that board? Sure. Yeah. But yeah, what's laying around? That's great. For this one, the Phase 95 fit. Perfect. And then that takes us to the Strymon Flint. Um, I, I do like a lot of the Strymon pedals, but here again, you know, I've probably said this about three times so far talking about this board, but every board that I've made basically since the Flint came out has had a Flint on it. Um, being able to have another reverb and tremolo on top of what I already have on an amp is great, but you know, if you're a touring musician, you know sometimes you're going to end up on a fly gig. You might oh, end yeah. up with a, an amp that doesn't have uh, reverb or tremolo right. when you get there, and it's nice to know you've got it on the board. For right now, um, I'm using the kind of like square wave choppy 
tremolo sound on the left side of the pedal on a song that we have been uh, performing that's on the new record called John Brown's Dream. And you can kind of hear that on the record as well. And the reverb side is a pretty wet, uh, long reverb that I will stack with the amp reverb when I'm doing the very steely sound and I, I want sure. that kind of long tail on it. But yeah, yeah. that's it. Yeah, I, I gotta hear that tremolo. Let me hear that. Sure, man. Yeah, let's... Perfect. Gigantic. Yeah, man. Choppy. Man, Mike, this has been so much fun. You Thanks, know? John. Yeah, God. Thanks for having me. Well, love your work. Love hearing you play. Great guitar playing. Thanks, man. Great guitars and amps. It's John Bolger. Until next time, check out the new record, Paint This Town, recorded right here with this stuff. <laughs> there you go.